thought the job was done. They thought it was all behind them. But sometimes, the past doesn't stay where it belongs. Now, Brad and Andrew must fight to protect all that they've built. The stakes have never been higher. And the beer has never been colder. This year, the epic continues. This is the Brew and View Podcast. said shut up once already with my mouth <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> welcome <laughs> to brew of you podcast <laughs> you are brad i am you're andrew i sure am i sure sure am and i am happy to be drinking some beer and talking some movies you bet. Um, yeah, it's uh, well. It's, I, it's I'm anxious. I'm anxious to talk about movies, even though mm-hmm. we watched a couple downer movies. Uh, at least I did. Oh, I th- um, I thought they were dark comedies. They, yeah, very dark. And you got to find the humor in it where you can. Where uh, I said shut up once already with my mouth. <laughs> um, but I'm also anxious to talk about some beers. I got back to some hometown beers yeah, yeah. after going away for a while. He's um, back. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Good night, good list. Oh yeah, fun list. Um, good flicks. And uh, and good beers. So what's this? What's this hometown beer I've been hearing so much about? Well, I'm drinking uh, from. From Victory Brewing Company from Downingtown, Pennsylvania, which is eh, about a little more than halfway between me and Philadelphia, which is about an hour, hour away, hour and mm-hmm. twenty minutes away. Uh, it's called a gold. It's called Golden Monkey 
and it is a Belgian style triple with added spice. <laughs> so it is a when you pour it out into a glass, you'll it is very golden, uh, and it is a triple. Uh, but it's one of those triples that has, and we keep going back to this, <clears throat> that has a drinkability to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, most tri- most triples, you know, that's one or two and done. Because if you if you stay with it all night long, <laughs> you know, you're gonna be cooking meth. Yeah, you're gonna fall with, out with your sister in law. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But it's got that um, uh, that rich flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh, I always compare things like to the ninety minute, but this has a, a lot of ninety minute uh, dog because I, I know that's a language that you speak. Oh yeah, uh, it's got that ninety minute um, spice to it. Okay. You know, there's no there's no hops to speak of in this. Um, it comes through at a nine, 9.5 ABV and a a 2.5 IBU. Mm. And so it's, it's got a lot of that, a a real rich, full uh, mouth to it. And, um, and it, it stays with you on the back of your tongue Mm -hmm. and you, it you know and what happens is like for the first two beers probably okay but after you get past that it really starts to dry your mouth out and really starts to work on your palate mm-hmm. i think um but for those two it's it's a it's a good time um i gave it a 4 um i like it it's it's not one that i go to all the time but if it's available on tap i might hit it if i have an you know if it's if there's nothing new on tap, yeah, and I'm looking for something heavy, and it's it's a good wintertime beer, I'd say. Tap it, then untap it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Excellent. And yeah, what are you, you having? Uh, ooh, me? Well, yeah. I, uh, Unless you uh, had some, I I kind of interrupted you. No, nah, that's okay. We'll we'll get to that. Uh, I am enjoying from Bell's Brewery in mm. uh, Michigan, USA. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Originally, this was from, they did a Planet series, and uh, I don't know, I guess they're either bringing it back, or maybe this is just seasonal, but it is Mars. Uh, Mars, of course, the uh, god of war. I like um, that. Yeah, it's a... I'm looking at the picture now, and it's got, I mean, yeah, it's a red planet, and it is a red beer. Yeah, it is. It's a nice, um, nice color, amber-colored uh, double IPA. Uh, 10% ABV, 100 IBUs. Oh, uh, yeah. My Lord. Yes, it is hoppy. And is it, has, it stupid hoppy? Uh, no, it's not, actually. It's, um, it drinks like a regular IPA, which is dangerous. Yeah. Um, but it's good. It's, uh, according to them, um, they use uh, 3.4 pounds of hops per barrel. <laughs> that seems just, just it's a, a little, a little, I don't know, ridiculous, redonkulous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, as they point out, and uh, I'm agreeing with, uh, in as they point out in their description, I gotta agree with. Um, 
full of hops, but it's got a good maltiness to balance it out, which makes it a much more approachable double. Um, nice. Yeah. So uh, I really get um, a little bit of maltiness, a lot of pininess, um, none of the other citrusy things that they're suggesting might be in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It was uh, brought to me by uh, Mr. Brennan. Oh. Yeah. He brought me some uh, little care package when he came to visit me and uh, also brought me a pint glass that I stole from a brewery in Port Walton Beach, Florida, because <gasps> <laughs> I wasn't done there? with my beer, but I was ready to leave. And <laughs> I felt bad about it, said I didn't want it, and he left it in my home. <laughs> <laughs> tricky, tricky. Well, was what was the reason you were in Fort Walton? Mm, well, so I was back in the building last week for a beer festival. This is uh, the Boardroom Beach Craftathon. Uh, this was the second year that they did it. Um, and the first year I was super impressed by it. Uh, it was great. There, there is, um, there's a lot of good beer to be had here in the, uh, Southeast and they brought some of the, um, local flavors and, and some of the, uh, well, some, some that used to be local to me and some that are hyper local to me now, um, urban South and Nola brewery were there. Uh, oh, cool. So they, (laughs) yeah, yeah, so they, they're, you know, piggybacking on, on my, uh, pilgrimage um but they uh did another fantastic job um i was worried that they might um have uh exceeded their reach um just based on stuff that i had heard of like all these breweries they were adding and like hey we're almost sold out uh our pre-sales almost sold out you'll have to get tickets at the door etc like oh no uh what if (laughs) <laughs> what if they just uh, don't have a handle on it this year? But they did. Uh, they yep. kept it together. But I did have a little bit of a problem. Uh, so we got VIP tickets, um, which got us in the door an hour early and into a specialty tent where they were pouring beers that were pretty much um, 10% or higher. So that's what oh, we were really? starting our day out with. Not a complaint, um, but that's what we were starting our day out with. And uh, when you're going to be drinking for five hours consecutively, that seems like a good jumping off point. Yeah. For some reason, that that's what, what they went with. But anyways, had some really good beers, um, some really noteworthy stuff. I did not do any untapping. I left my phone at home, and I left my uh, watch at home. So I was pretty much just completely uh, unhinged. <laughs> I was there to you were beer. untethered yeah <laughs> and uh you were floating through the beer space yeah I gotta say may, uh, maybe we're moving more towards the uh more towards our other podcast with this one but it was nice I um I told a couple people I was like hey I'm in town for this festival there's tickets at the door I'm not gonna have my phone but this is where we'll be then I just left my phone at home uh it was kind of nice to be just completely present for nice. a little bit and then of course the 10% beers start kicking in. 
Yeah, then you were you were <laughs> omnipresent. Yes, at some point. Yeah, I was on another level, another plane yeah. of existence. But uh, after the VIP hour, everybody gets in, and uh, I had a little problem with uh, one brewery, one home brewery. Um, I want to shout them out, and I'll have to I'll try and find them so we can uh, tag them in this podcast because they. Uh, did an awesome job. All the beers that I had were great. St. Michael Brewing. Um, I think that's in the um, just a home brewer in the Fort Walton, Destin area. Um, great beers, but they were tapping a different keg every half hour. Um, oh. And when you're drinking for five hours straight, it's almost mm. like, you know, I went back a couple times and then I like- forgot to, you know, like, oh, also, didn't have a, a timer on me. Um, yeah, you forgot your watch. <laughs> yeah, so I get that. You know, they're a smaller operation. It's all good. Um, the The beers that I had were more than sufficient. Really good stuff. Um, but then we went over to Trim Tab, which I think I've sent you a Trim Tab beer. Yeah, I don't think I drank it yet. Okay, I'm still waiting. Um, they're a they're out of Alabama. They they have some some pretty good beers, and we found out about them last year at this craftathon. And we told the guy, we we're like, "Oh man, last year you guys were by far our favorite. That rye brown that you guys do blew me away. Uh, we haven't been able to find it." And he's giving us the rundown of everything, and he's letting us know, like, "Oh yeah, it's it's one of our favorite beers we make, but it just it hasn't really connected." So we pulled it from the canning line, and it's exclusively draft now, but you can find it in some, some, uh, some bars around here, and definitely if you ever come to our, uh, brew, our tap room in Alabama. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're conversing with the guy. We're talking about how much fun we had last year, how much we uh, really took to their beers last year. And he's like, well, later on, if you want to come back, I've got a couple cans of this Belgian blonde that I'm going to be mm-hmm. opening up. Like, not really my style, uh, as you know, but I still was uh, was excited because he was excited, and this is a brewery that I like. So I was like, oh, right. cool, cool, connecting, having fun. Um, never tried it because I forgot about it. Uh, later on down <laughs> the line, I was at uh, Lagunitas had a tent, and... I had tried all the stuff they had, and the guy goes, oh, yeah, later on, I'm going to be opening up this hairy eyeball ale. And I was like, oh, okay. I think I've had it before, but um, this is uh, this is pre-untapped era. It was yeah, the dark ages. It had to write everything down. It's disgusting. <laughs> um, <laughs> and at the time, it didn't bother me, but looking back on it, I kind of felt like, what the fuck? What are you waiting for? Everyone, it's no longer the VIP time. Everyone has a fair shot. Everyone could have come up to the Lagunitas tent. Um, But I did, and I was conversing with you, and we were talking, and Lagunitas has a great tap room in Chicago. Um, So we were talking about that, um, you know, just kind of back and forth. Heineken recently bought them, and we were talking about, uh, how when Goose Island was bought out by Budweiser, the tap rooms remained pretty much their day to day remained pretty much unchanged, and right, and uh, how that was nice, and 
so I'm having conversations with this guy, and same thing with the trim tab guys. Everyone has a shot to have these beers, but we're taking our time to talk with you, express our interest in your product, and you're going to be like, hey, you come back later. Like, yeah. Like, why can't you just show us a little love now? Because we're showing you love. Yeah. So yeah. I, That's I, a good point. Yeah. At the time, didn't didn't think much of it, but... Especially going in, like, and you said this was after the VIP tent? Yeah, VIP, this was not the VIP tent. This was, it was open to everybody. Um, this was probably, we had probably been there almost two hours at that point. Okay. So, I mean, a lot of beer's been had, and I'm not even necessarily remembering, like, oh, I got to circle back to Trim Tab in a half hour and see if they have have opened that new beer up. So Right. Just felt kind of... Um, it's okay Didn't though. Feel... I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have enjoyed the blonde. I'm sure, but um, I felt like you know you can you can show a little love back because we were yeah. going out of our way to um to compliment you guys. Yeah, you know, come back later. But I'm here now. Yeah. So, but overall, fun. Overall, fantastic. Yeah, it was a great time. Um. A lot of good local places, um, and uh, there were some really unique beers there that they had. Uh, Did McGuire's it? have a, a place there? No, they didn't. I oh, really? Yeah. I don't think they... Because they have a decent selection. I mean, they, they do. Have, like, and, and five or six beers, right? Yeah, and then they, the have, they have five or six regular beers, and then they have some seasonals, and I've had some really good beers there, and they also have... Um, their uh their red ale um they sell by the um they sell six packs in grocery stores down there uh but i don't think they're really outside of that i don't think they're really into the craft beer culture that's weird down there if that makes I mean, sense yeah and it, and we're talking about a place um it's let's say it's kind of a tourist trap it's a huge tourist trap <laughs> For right. sure, so, but yeah, it, it's a it's a novelty place. It's mm-hmm. a it's a it's un, a, a unique tourist trap. It's not like you. It's not like a a dirty dicks or you know yeah uh, a, a a chain. It it seems like it's a yeah. They a, have kind of they have a compound where they um they have like their main restaurant where um main restaurant they have like a sushi place on this compound. They have a huge gift shop. Um, it's definitely a tourist trap, but um, the burgers are good. Um, yeah, the, and, the but, steaks, and they, it seems like they. I mean, they cater to tourists for sure, but mm-hmm. I, they, I mean, I'm guessing in the off season they have a, a steady. Oh yeah, I mean, a we steady business. One of the last times we went out before we actually went out with uh, Jason K uh, mm-hmm. for pizza there at uh, Vinnie McGuire's on on the uh, McGuire's campus. And uh, it was really good. And then their, um, the like inside area of there was cool because they had a bunch of like um, popular movies, but they were the Italian versions of the posters. So yeah, so that was pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet. Uh, yeah, but it it's definitely a good spot. But they don't really seem to be um, interested in kind of ingratiating themselves with. Yeah, that's kind of weird culture. because they they do. I mean, they have 
they do decent, a good job. Yeah, they have a decent uh, beer supply, and uh, it's mm-hmm. weird that they would. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even think about that, but you're you're right on with that. Yeah, that's very odd. But um, Destin Brewing, Oscar Blues, uh, Cigar City. Um, trying to think of other other ones I might have sent you. I don't think it. Um, yeah, Trim Tab, uh, Nola, Abita, um, Urban South. Just China Lagunitas. Lagunitas was the one that was probably the like most out there. Like they're <laughs> they're located in Chicago and California, <laughs> but but there they were. Nice. What well, I'm look actually looking part? through mm-hmm. uh, or Untapped. And Mr. J.K., Mr. Mm-hmm. Jason K., is in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, right now. Mm. And he's drinking a Perpetual. Perpetual? Um, I think. And it's what is it? It says the 23rd. Or no, I'm sorry. That was last night. Uh, he was drinking it last night. Uh, he was drinking a uh, Trogues Perpetual, uh-huh. which is one of my favorites. And... Uh, I saw that he 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 uh, gave us a little shout out to mm-hmm. bring beer to his hotel, and I should have. <laughs> it was only a two or an hour and a half trip to to his hotel, but what's an, I wish what, I would have known that. I would. What's an hour and a half beer. to meet a, exactly. meet a meet a friend of the show? Yep, <clears throat> <laughs> that's but, hilarious. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, I found that out through Untapped, and thank you, Jason K, mm-hmm. for. Uh, for checking in and thinking of, I, I guess me, <laughs> knowing that he was, I show up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be great. Well, yeah. he, uh, he is. It looks like he's still, he's still in Bethlehem tonight. He was drinking another one. Nice. Up, uh, suplex ale. Yeah, I was. From, uh, from Saucony Creek. Oh, nice. No, no, I know nothing about that creek, but yeah, it sounds great. Um, I. I was excited, and uh, I reached out to him a few months ago. I was like, hey, we're coming back for Craftathon." He's like, uh, excellent. When is it? I'll be hanging out with Brad. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> excellent. When is it? Damn it. I'm, he, um, he travels for work on, a, I think, a semi-regular basis. And uh, so he was out of town last weekend, which was a bummer. But that's okay. We'll be back. Well, we'll be back. Oh, he earned a hotel hopper badge on the Perpetual, so that was nice. But we got uh, some other people following us on Untap. We got uh, Mr. Fredo. Yeah. And Dillis. Um, <laughs> he was drinking a Yellow Rose uh, IPA Lone, from Lone Pine Brewery. Gave it a four. Still good. He still likes it. And uh, I talked about JK. And Mr. Neil, the Orange Peel, uh, was drinking a Guinness Milk Stout, which is a good beer. I've never uh, had a Guinness milk stout, or maybe you know what? Maybe I haven't either, because it the 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 um the label doesn't look familiar, so maybe I haven't either. I don't know. <laughs> I uh, I've had their nitro, not great. Yeah, yeah, that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, uh, I like uh, Neil's little uh, tag on the top of his. His thing, or his, uh, his, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. avatar. <laughs> Shut up, liver. You're fine. Damn. Uh, he also had a 
Dorothy Goodbody's Gold Nail, hmm. which looks fantastic. Um, and we got um, Matt K, yeah, who that guy. is again one of your friends in my area. Yeah, I think I, I must be a large body in your solar system because everybody <laughs> gravitates towards me. Um, and then Mister Master Zed, uh, he's at a hotel. Mm-hmm. Somewhere up in the PNW, he's drinking a Myanmar lager beer, which he was eh, on. Mm. Mm. Bummer. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, uh, we're talking about Untapped, and yeah. we are on Untapped as Broomview Pod, and you can come and hang out and have fun spilling beer all over your phone. Yeah. With us. Yeah. Friend us, friendo. Yes, yes, y'all. Well, good. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, I had a great time. It was a lot of fun. It's it's uh, those beer festivals. They're awesome. They're yeah. great, but it's like you. There's so much there to indulge in it. You know uh-huh. what I mean? And like, like it's hard. Like everything start, like, especially after. And you don't think like a little, you know, six ounce glass is going to do anything to you. No, and that. But after your two downfall. hours of that. I mean, you're like bumping into people saying, oh, oh, my bad. And they're saying the same thing to you. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, it's it's usually everyone's uh, pretty, pretty well sauced. Um, Yeah. But it's always a good time. It's always a good (laughs) atmosphere. Yeah. You know, you don't get a lot of douchebags there at those kind of places. For my, for my Because I think you're you're kind of, I mean, even if they are, you don't know yet because you're kind of all in an element where you have a shared interest. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's, you're there f- to support either your friends or mm-hmm. the people, the beers that you like. Yeah. Yeah. It's not there. You're not there to drink beer and fight and we're all out of beer. Yeah, exactly. Chew bubble gum. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it is good. And, uh, Brennan, who I I stayed with during the uh, during the weekend jaunt, um, be bold. He uh, yeah, he was bold, and he uh, he he sent me two links to a beer festival here in June and another one here in July. I'm like, oh, that sounds so great, but also especially when you come right off of of that, yeah, it's like uh, the next the next day just useless like i wasn't even like hung over i was just depleted yes you had yeah yeah especially with the temperature i'm sure that's down there right now it's mm-hmm. like oh actually you today was beautiful oh it was yeah. like 80 which um 80 with very low humidity which sounds weird that i'm saying it was beautiful <laughs> yeah well no that's that sounds pretty nice mm-hmm. yeah all right well Beer is great. Beer is good. Beer is good. Uh, but we've got we've got some movies to talk. Yeah, we do. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, uh, did you get a chance to watch American Honey? I did not. Okay, let me run through that real quick, and then okay. we can talk about Winter's Bone after that. Um, oh Jesus! You assigned me long. a movie called American Honey, released in. 2000 and I think 14, 13, 14, 16. Sorry. Last year. 
Um, it's a drama uh, directed by Andrea Arnold. A teenage girl with nothing to lose joins a traveling ma- magazine sales crew and gets caught up in a whirlwind of hard partying, law bending, and young love as she crisscrosses the Midwest with a band of misfits. This movie clocked in at a tight two hours and 43 minutes, starring uh, Sasha Lane in her pretty much her debut role. Mm-hmm. Um, Shia LaBeouf as Jake and Riley Keho, I guess her name would be. Uh, you would know her from Mad Max. I don't know. I mean, she maybe she was one of the uh, milk queens. Oh, one of the brides. Yeah, uh, in Runaways, and uh, pretty much, oh, she was in The Discovery? Hmm, interesting. <laughs> As Lacey. Obviously made an impact on you. Yeah. Anyways, uh, this movie, hmm, me. <laughs> um, this felt like a student film art piece. Not, not. It felt like, um, it felt like a cinema. Uh, um, there was metaphors. There were shots to represent feelings and uh, colors that interwove through certain scenes. It was more art than story, mm. I think. Um, the acting was fine. Uh, Shia LaBeouf was pretty good in it um the lead actress was i think she could probably do something um they didn't ask her to do a whole lot she emoted a lot with her face and she did some good stuff but it was this thing was drawn out man Mm. i was i was an hour and a half in and i was like okay so we're getting close and i hit the hit the screen to see the worst you know where we're at how many minutes left oh another hour something left it was it was a little bit of a slog as far as that goes, and it was basically it's a it's the it's the the children of deadbeats, the children of uh, dis, the disenfranchised, um, the the kids that are the nowhere kids, the uh, all these kids that get together and mm-hmm. try to go out and make their own way, and they have no real guidance. And they have no real structure in their life, um, and but trying to live by some moral code, but falling short in places and overcompensating in others. Hmm. And it's um, it's it's kind of hard to explain. Like I, and I'm not even sure if I like this movie hmm. because it was it, it made me think about certain stuff. But it indulged itself a lot. It was a little bit too, I don't know, hyper, hyper artistic. Maybe mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like it, it had it, 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 it overstepped its what it was trying to do. I guess. Um, and like I said, I, I still haven't rated it because I don't know if I disliked it or if I liked it a little bit above average. You know. Uh-huh. And um, I'd say probably fall in a 6.5 for this because of the length. Mm -hmm. Uh, If it was tightened up a little bit and I, and 
the storytelling was because it's really more of a character study. It's not so much the plot. I mean, there was a loose plot within it. Um, mm-hmm. And there was like some subplots that just kind of went into nothing. Um, and there was, there were stories to tell about uh, how man treats man and how, you know, left to our own devices, that that wild spirit, like how you treat each other. And I don't, um, I don't know. I really don't. I, that's fair. Uh, I, I don't think I could recommend this movie unless you were really into seeing, um, I, I, it felt like this movie was made for on a shoestring, uh, budget. And, but I'm, I'm wondering how they did it because, it had to be some guerrilla style filmmaking because they were staying at motels hmm. and they were doing some crazy shit at motels and stuff. And like, they were going to different truck stops and, and, and things like that. Like where like, these are company owned places, but they're kind of guerrilla style filmmaking. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, yeah. Um, it's uh streaming on Amazon. <sighs> I don't know. It would take <laughs> us. It, it's hard to take a flyer on this without knowing. Uh, I think you wouldn't mind it. Mm-hmm. Like you. I you, mean, I, I, think... I assigned it to you because I was curious about it. I had intentions of it's, uh, it's trying just, to give it a watch myself. It's just myself. long. That's, that's the big thing. It's two hours and 45 minutes, and it's every bit of that. I mean, there's no mm-hmm. – I mean, it, there's no um, you know long credit sequence or anything like You know, it's just – and it is a character study that meanders. Mm-hmm. And so if you're into that and you can appreciate like some of the shots and it like some of the stuff was effective and uh there was there were some situations that were squirmish, some that were fun, but like I wish I, I could have got a couple more laughs. There were some funny there was some uh funny stuff on that, uh or funny stuff in it. Uh, but not a la- enough laughs per minute. Mm-hmm. Not that I need it. Not I need it to be a comedy, but, but you can have humor in like these kids are hanging out and having fun. Like, give me some more fun with that. Mm-hmm. You know? So anyways, uh, like Lord of the flies on the road in <laughs> today's America. That's how I put it. Huh. So. Okay. Fair. <laughs> Enough. Uh, yeah, I was I was curious about that movie. Um, it, one of my frequent uh, critiques is is pacing, so I'm sure I'd probably have an issue with that. It's not like it at two hours and forty five minutes. Like, if yeah, the movie feels it feels like two hours had and forty five minutes. They had a problem with um, rehashing a bunch of uh, yeah. you know, say it once, say it well. Yeah, you know, there you go. Don't say it over and over and over and over and again. Mm-hmm. You know, you say it once and you say it well, we'll get it. Trust your exactly. audience. Yeah. Well, and and that's what I was kind of hoping that this this would be. This looked like a movie that would maybe more likely be more likely to uh, trust its audience because um, we know mainstream movies don't trust us. So, so I was hoping. All right. Well, swinging a. I'm not sure if maybe. Fall, yeah, I don't know fall. either. I, this actually, you know what? This movie will probably stick with me for a little while. That's always a good um, thing, though. It is. It is. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it. There are so a lot of redeeming qualities of it. Uh, there's just some bad parts of it too. You know. Yeah. So. Uh, it's just it's it's hard to recommend. You know what I mean? Like when oh, I say yeah. like, 
it's you know i think you could appreciate certain aspects of it but at the same time i could see you being really pissed off at certain parts of it. <laughs> no not me <laughs> perfect yeah sounds good um i still i still i'm gonna give it a try um if if and when I do watch it, I'll definitely um, bring it up on uh, on this here show. Uh, it was uh, rated at a seven mm-hmm. on IMDb yes. and a Metascore seventy eight. So it looks like uh, the critics liked it. There you go. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, American Honey is streaming on Amazon Prime. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for the. Uh, it doesn't give me any of the. Uh, what it, the budget was or anything like that. So. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, so, you assigned me a movie, also streaming on Amazon Prime from 2010. Uh, written and directed by Deborah Granick, uh, based on Daniel Woodrell's novel. It was a movie called Winter's Boone. Uh, mm-hmm. Deborah Granick um, pretty much um, just Winter's Bone. Like even post uh, Winter's Bone, which is interesting because it was um, an Oscar-nominated movie. Um, even post that, she really hasn't. Uh, done much in the director's chair and even less in writing. So kind of strange, kind of not the usual trajectory. Yeah. Especially like a, um, uh, a movie adaptation Mm -hmm. that uh, of a popular novel. Usually you get a bigger director to do that from. Yeah, absolutely. Or at least someone that ends up, um, making a name for themselves. Uh, right. Like I said, this this was uh, nominated uh, for Best Motion Picture, uh, Best Performance by an Actress in a Leading Role, uh, Best uh, Jennifer Lawrence, um, Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role, John Hawks, uh, Best Writing and Adapted Screenplay. So uh, even though she didn't get a director's nod, she got an, uh, a screenplay nod, and she still hasn't really followed that up. So kind of interesting um kind of uncommon I feel yeah like. um, but also in a male dominated uh yeah that's true play uh the first work, thing workplace yeah like you know everyone loves uh what's her name um zero doc 30 uh Catherine. that's so bad um, I'm, I'm trying to stand up for women's rights or <laughs> women directors, and oh, I, I can't even remember the um, Catherine Bigelow, Joel, Joel Edgerton. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's yeah. It, uh, well, like even it's, uh, what's her name? Um, also, uh, the first thing that came to mind was uh, Juno. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, it was, yeah. Even though. Um, it was Diablo Cody. Yeah. Um, even though she followed it up with Jennifer's body, she still did have a pretty um, high-profile follow-up. And then Catherine yeah. Bigelow, um, a Hurt Locker, and Zero Dark Thirty are pretty. Um, oh yeah. Well, and I'm actually well recognized. Detroit, Detroit this summer. Mm. Um, 
that's her her latest film. Yeah. So. Um, anyway. Wait, is that when does that come out? Uh, I think or in July. I think. Okay. It's called Detroit. Yeah. And they did a little cool little thing where, the, you know, it's the D and then or the D E T and then the rest of it is Riot. Ah, clever, clever. But or yeah, and it doesn't or it it's a kind of at least that's the way I read it. I know it's not spelled that way. D no, Riot. D Detroit. Hmm. Interesting. Detroit. Okay, so uh, it stars Jennifer Lawrence. Um, and John Hawks, and those are pretty There's much a, the only people you spend there, a lot of time with. A lot of the people, uh, so this is uh, an unflinching Ozark Mountain girl hacking her way through a dangerous social terrain as she hunts down her drug-dealing father while trying to keep her family intact. Um, and I guess they picked up a lot of locals to kind of fill out the ancillary uh, cast here. Um, I was, I think they did because a couple of the, um, yeah, that I was, was reading some of the trivia. Yes. And it, they did do that. Mm-hmm. And it shows it definitely gives it a, a level of, of authenticity to it. Um, this is a pretty good movie. Um, I was really only able to appreciate it after um, I put a little, had a little distance um okay because of the oscar nominations because um it is such a a movie that it's not even necessarily talked about a lot anymore um but when it comes out it or when it comes up it has those connotations of prestige and Mm um i i don't see it I don't understand. Um, I shouldn't. I shouldn't say that. Uh, this definitely was the Jennifer Lawrence show, right? Well, this is her and, breakout uh, role. Yeah, it's definitely her breakout role, and um, I don't think she was asked to do anything extraordinary. Um, that's not fair because she she was asked to carry the film. Uh, um, but at the same time, she kind of didn't have a huge range as a character and didn't yeah. really have a huge arc as a character. Um, John Hawks was another one I liked. Um, and I, I understand both of their nominations. Um, she was right. 19 years old and she had to carry this movie. Um, and he, uh, was nominated for best supporting actor and he, uh, John Hawks is, um, he's one of those like that guys like i yeah i always he's the one that really surprised me yeah this is like because he went from the you know the guy in uh the perfect storm Mm -hmm. you know the the skinny scrawny kind of fun quirky guy to a serious serious actor yeah like he he showed his chops kind of like uh uh poor man's edward norton um yeah just just in the in the looks department he looks like kind of a uh, a, a rougher Edward Norton, less, yeah, a less movie star Edward Norton, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, not yeah, definitely the looks aren't there, but like he brought some gravity to yes. this, yeah, absolutely, this. yes. Um, outside of that, um, the I don't understand 
the best picture. I don't understand the best screenplay. Um, I and that really detracted from my viewing experience. Um, it's, it's a pretty, it's a well-paced movie. Um, it's, it clocks in at an hour 40. Um, so an hour and three minutes less than, uh, American honey. (laughs) Uh, so a movie less, um, but it's, it's pretty well paced. It's, uh, got a mostly clear narrative for, I would say the first, uh, the opening of the movie is very self-explanatory. This, um, girl, Re. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character, Ree, her dad is missing in action. He is a uh, a drug user, meth cooker, um, uh, outlaw type of guy. And um, he he was in trouble and he posted his uh, family farm or property, didn't seem like much of a farm, up for bail. He did not make trial, and now she has to find him so that that they don't lose the farm. Yeah, he he posted their their land and their farm as bond. Yeah, as bond for his bail, and uh, and he skipped trial, and it's time to collect. So uh, she's she's looking for him. A couple twists and turns. Um, Well, I think you were you were. Like the first part of it, yes, it's easy to understand, and yeah. all of a sudden it gets so it gets a little diluted, murky. Um, it gets I, diluted, and it honestly is not. This is where the the problem with the writing comes in. Is it just it doesn't seem like? I it, think this it, is a movie made for the people that read the book. I really do. Okay, fair enough. Like because it doesn't I, I, seem like, like I, they had a plan. Is, um, Almost. Yeah. Um, uh, the The third act was, it felt very left field. Um, it wasn't bad, but there were just things like, um, without spoiling it, the uh, when the sisters show up uh, at Ree's house, why would you go with them? Like, yeah. that's not like... <laughs> like Especially after that what sounds they did. like you're about to like they're about to put a hit on you like yeah I mean I guess why would they show up and not just kill you there but at the same time it's like they this is very they're about to hide your body yeah um, well like I will uh, give it like in you're right like the storytelling it goes a little bit afield mm-hmm. or far afield in this this like the second half of it yeah but. I think in I, I I mentioned this to my wife because I had uh, Brooke White watch it with me, mm-hmm. and I thought uh, the tone overall was really good. Yeah, and it was like, like, and I grew up in a place not this bad. Okay, but well, that's good. <laughs> it was there was a lot of similarities. Like I grew up like. Where I live now is considered very rural. Mm-hmm. Where I grew up was like part of Appalachia, you know. And Jeez. like there were certain places that I saw in this movie, like um, they were having that party. There's a there was an exterior door with all the 
all the uh, and people that know carpentry, like an extra door with a window that had all the plugs missing uh, from from the window in the door, and it was mm-hmm. very dirty because it hadn't been painted. Mm-hmm. And like I've seen that door at parties <laughs> I've gone to where it's kind of uncomfortable. You don't know what party you're going into. Yeah, you don't know if there's going to be moonshine. You don't know if there's going to be cocaine. You know what I mean? It's it's and it it, it caught that tone. Mm-hmm. I for me it really well. It's just uh, the my biggest problem. There was just zero laughs, no fun. Oh no, this is a very drab movie. Um, yeah. from visual to storytelling to performances to like, there's no wink and nod. There's not even like a a cutting remark. Yeah. Um and. Yes, uh, that the maybe reading the book helps um, because the it felt like they left something out and they meant to get back to it. They just didn't. Yeah. And, you know, got nominated for best. Pick. It's like, like it's like steak, 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 steaks. And then, uh-huh. oh, don't Wait, worry about he, it. Everything's yeah. fine. Who is this person? Why does he matter? Yeah. Uh, I guess I don't get to know. Um, well, you've been, I do like teardrops name though. Yeah. Um, that's pretty sweet. (laughs) That's a sweet name. Uh, (laughs) yeah, he was really good in this. Jennifer Lawrence was really good. Um, I mean, I don't want to, you know, knock her down a peg, but I don't think she was outside of carrying the movie. I don't think she was asked to convey a lot of emotions. Like she, she obviously needed that charisma to where you want to sit and watch her for an hour and forty minutes, and yeah. and she has that for sure. But she wasn't asked to do a ton, so the um, there's just just a couple of the you know the prestigious awards that they were that this movie was nominated for are completely um, the embodiment of in my opinion, the embodiment of what's wrong with, um, with the Oscars. It's like, I think you need to be accountable. Why was this so good? What was so great about this movie? Yeah. Um, that's, that's probably a good point. Yeah. That, but being said, um, I, I mean, I I don't think there were any minorities in the movie, which now the Oscar nomination makes sense. Yeah. Oh, controversy. <laughs> no. Um, well, I, that being I, I said, I mean, I will give them this. Like, they didn't try to like force in a token person. No, they know? didn't. Yeah, and, I, I think that that was very true to the true to what I mean. They not only did they not try and force in the token person, they picked up people from the Ozarks yeah. to be in this movie. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, Obviously, that that was just true to the region, true to the story. Um, it's 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 know. crazy, man. Because I like, like I I agree. Like I didn't like this movie. I didn't like it. I just really? I appreciated certain aspects of it. Um, because like I like I said, I did appreciate the tone. I went home. I went home to see my uh, my grandmother this weekend. Mm-hmm. She's ninety three years old. Go home. I didn't get home to see her last on Mother's Day, but I got. This weekend, it took the family up here, mm-hmm. and we're passing places that resemble, you know, like have like all the cars in the front yard, 
and all mm -hmm. that stuff. And it's, um, it's not as bad. This is a hyper realized place. And there, I know mm -hmm. there's places like this, uh, but like the tone of it was, is worth, I don't know if that was worth the nomination. Probably not. Mm. Um, uh, but that that was the best part of the movie. Everything else, the story, uh, the acting was fine, but it was it didn't it didn't like you said it didn't lift this above. Yeah, you know, it it wasn't like a Birdman, you know, where you get Michael Keaton doing right. the yeah. you know something interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. It it um. So that being said, uh, I did. That's why I say I, I feel like I needed the distance. I I needed to kind of watch the movie, kind of vent about that. Um, I I gave it a seven, like a clean seven. It's a serviceable mm. movie, um, but you're absolutely right. There's there's zero uh, zero humor in this movie, which yeah. can be can be problematic. Yeah, I mean, like I gave it a five because it was so dull. Wow. It was so just. Like, man, give me a colorful character. Mm -hmm. Like, it would have been easy for Teardrop to have something or have one of her friends, you know, the crazy, wacky, you know. Yeah. Um, the, the fat kid from Varsity Blues. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, don't. Yeah. You don't you, even need. You just need, like. A little a, bit of comic relief in it, man. A couple quips. Yeah. Um, but it's just so it's so dour and so down for sure. Um, and it's unworthy of the it's a middle of the road movie. It's got a 90 meta score. Baffling. Yeah, that's absolutely baffling. Um, but it's a serviceable movie. Uh, you could I think you could do a lot worse. Um, but kind of forgettable. It's yeah. the same. It's the same. Uh, would like, you recommend it? I guess to the listeners. Yeah, I mean, I I think that it it kind of breezes by. There's um. There's definitely worse stuff. On I I online I have right now, so. like we my Brooke and I had to I had to look up on the plot synopsis on IMDb just to figure out what happened at the end, and that. The hands or the no, well, just everything that went on, like between who was going where, why they were doing this. I, like the motivations are incredibly unclear. Yes. Yeah. And that's why I I want a little bit clearer. I mean, I know there's a play, point in time for ambiguity and no, but you it's know, not nuance. Well. But like they're telling a mystery. This is like. Um, uh, Noirs are noirs arcs, mm -hmm. you know, instead of the Ozarks. It, you know, yeah. it's it's a it's a noir in uh, rural America, and like you need to pay it off at the end and not be like mm -hmm. everything's fine, you're good, and we'll go. Not only that, but everything's going to be great for you. Yeah, it's and that's like finish up the story, tell the story. Yeah, you know, don't just be like. I don't know. I, I was really disappointed in how they left it open-ended. And it's not like, you know, obviously, like, a movie like uh, Usual Suspects is the one you'll go to to be like, oh, my gosh. And, you know, they Like, it had, 
it wraps it up all in a nice little bow and you're you're so surprised mm-hmm. but this was like you it was just it was too ambiguity amb- there was no ambiguous there was no motivation or clever reason behind the ambiguity i just i really think that this script it probably we'll reads better on it. as a script yeah i mean maybe but it just it felt like there was a lot of stuff that was like well, let's put this down now. We'll get back to it. Yeah. So maybe it was edited too. It was maybe it was edited too well or too tight. You know, I mean, an mm-hmm. hour and forty minutes. This, I mean, with all the characters in this movie and all the all the different plot lines and stuff, it could have been. Yeah. It I mean, I edited. I could have found stuff to cut out of the first act. Oh, for sure. But, but I mean, there was a lot of great characters in this, like characters to be explored mm-hmm. but like they showed up and then disappeared or showed up and did something like way out of bounds yeah and like you didn't know why they were doing what they were doing and like uh we didn't even talk about uh what's his name D- uh dylan or, or garrett dillahunt you know the, uh, i like him but he like showed up and he may or may not have been a pretty pivotal part in the movie I... based on the plot synopsis Oh really? Yeah. Based on, and, I mean, if you have to resort to that in a movie that, I don't think there's a lot of subtext in this movie. So, to have to resort to a plot synopsis to kind of clear up the murky waters, that that's kind of unacceptable to me. Maybe maybe I'm giving this movie too much credit. No, I'm. I give it what you give it. I just like this is a film noir. This is but set in a different place and mm-hmm. you have to pay off then and you can't just say oh, yeah. oh all is well and no one gets killed no one has their comeuppance or anything like because no nothing was resolved at the end no. nothing absolutely no. nothing it was kind of just a it was like a reset like almost like a new lease and so like all right you get to try again yep mm-hmm. anyways mm-hmm. anyways um I mean, yeah, like, there's worse stuff out there, but yeah. um, if you've exhausted all other options, wouldn't you? Not too many worse not Oscar-nominated movies, though. Um, as far as ones in recent memory, no. Like, this, it doesn't, it, that's my biggest problem with the movie, and maybe the seven is overcompensating for it, because, you know, I'm sure if I go back and, and listen back to this, I don't really have a lot of good stuff to say about it. Um, maybe that's just overcompensating for the fact that like, I definitely, when I was watching it, was like, you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah. Both. I mean, there's multiple times Brooke and I were like, what? Yeah. This like, but the shining person for me was John Hawks. Yeah. He was really good. I want to see him more stuff. Yeah. More, more good like i mean the things that i remember him from are like uh american gangster and um i think mm-hmm. it was in hardball he was like keanu reeves scumbag friend and like yeah the motel and, person oh he was identity. in everest recent most recently i have not seen i know that, yeah but yeah, <laughs> but yeah no, he, oh he, he was also he was played a straight man and he's bounded down forgot about that oh yeah i I haven't even thought, I have not thought about that show in a long time. 
Hmm. Anyways, hmm. so anyways, there's other stuff. That. What are we going to talk about next week? Oh. Or, did you watch any other movies this week? Uh, I don't think I did. I'm about halfway through War Dogs. Okay. And I like it. Good. Good. It's pretty good. That was on my list for last summer. Mm-hmm. Missed it. Um, and I will let you know next week. Um, what else? Did I, oh, I watched um, three quarters of the Muppet movie. Nice. I uh, didn't get to watch with my son yet because uh, hockey has been eaten into my time and the rest of my time I've been... Understandable. Yeah, uh, it uh, it holds up. I really like that movie. I yeah, I think the Muppet, um, the Muppet franchise. Maybe not everything that um, falls under their umbrella, but I think that they they have a, a lot of because they don't. Um, the Muppet Show itself is very of a time and of a moment, um, but their their movies are pretty. Like it's it's a lot of clever humor and um, uh, uh, slapstick humor and um, clash of context humor, just uh, stuff that doesn't really rely. Like you have to have an understanding of popular culture in the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, like yeah, I think that that's one thing that they've done well is is uh, that type of comedy that is not doesn't lean too heavily on um, the viewers uh, experience or understanding of cultural zeitgeist. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, I haven't watched it and I mean, it has to be, it has to be at the very least 25 years since I saw it. Hmm. I mean, like I can't imagine me watching it when I was in college or <laughs> after. And so it had to have been, before that so and I liked it anyways <laughs> next week more entertaining than humanly possible it's <laughs> that flash of context alright uh, so next week I got one for you uh, streaming on Amazon Prime from this past year uh, mm-hmm. 2016 a man called Ave OVE mm. um, it's a uh, Getting some uh, some love on the Amazon Prime over there. Um, sounds a little interesting, and uh, it's another Oscar-nominated movie. Hmm. Uh, if it's a man called Ovi, then Sweet I've seen this damn. movie before. He gets eliminated in the second round every year. Hmm. Hmm. I got gotcha. you. Sounds mm. similar mm. to uh, Two Girls mm. No Cup. The uh, Vancouver Canucks story, <laughs> the Sedine twin story. Yes, yeah. I, I, I got gotcha. <laughs> All right. Just, no. just oh shit! See. I forgot his name. Not Barry Mellors, but uh, oh jeez, how dare you? I don't even want to hear it. Don Cherry. Have you ever no, seen the Don uh, Cherry what, piano was desk? It, was it? <laughs> no, I thought it was. Uh, what's his name? Hmm. Oh, the guy I hate on. Oh, the I'm gonna have to be more NBC specific. feed. Barry, or not, Barry Melrose. No, it's Eddie um, Olchek. The guy that Pierre hit Maguire. a guy with a shoe. He was a Boston coach. Oh, um, son of a bitch! I'm all I can see is his bloated face right now. Yes, and he just his terrible analysis, mm-hmm. anal assist. 
Um, gross. Or, oh, or awesome. Might be a great wingman. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah. He, we, he doesn't need to. Yeah, he doesn't out. need our. Yeah, he he, he doesn't need our shine. I hopped in the stands. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so I will watch that. I'm interested yeah. to see. I don't I have no idea what it's about. It's not about the um, Capitals. So there you go. No. Uh, you're going to be watching on. It's on Netflix. It's a movie called Christine from 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, I really I, I urge you not to look at anything other than. Uh, I don't think. Well, all right, I won't. Yeah, uh, I, I I think I, I have an idea what this is. I haven't watched. it. I'm going to watch it with you, but I and I think I have an idea what it is. But uh, I want to go into it with as little information as I can, and Ice I want you to do the same. Cold done. Consider it dead. Cool. Deep. All right, so A Man Called Ave is streaming on Amazon Prime, and Christine is streaming on Netflix, both of those from 2016. Uh, if you want to wait for what we have to say. Um, you should. Yeah, we have some recommendations um, of movies that we, uh, we've seen and we can vouch for. Mm-hmm. Um, I got from uh, 2012 on, on Netflix, The Place Beyond the Pines. Mm-hmm. Great movie about father son, not really relationships. I guess generational feuds. Not a lot of laughs in this movie either. No, not a lot. Um, um, not as washed though. Yeah, no. Um, it was really goodness. What's what was her name? Uh, like everyone says, how great uh, Gosset or Gosling is, and uh, Bradley Cooper. Even Mendes. But, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Great. Great in this movie. She's like a really good actress. Oh, yeah. I I think she just, she doesn't, I think she just had kind of like a bad streak there. The Ghost Rider movie didn't help. And then the Farley Brothers movie. And Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you kind of make I your mean, living. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. Absolutely. But, like. It just seems like you either go one of two routes and like Amy Adams, I don't, she just kind of is doing these like back to back prestige pictures and maybe she just has a better agent or is better, better at like picking winners. I don't know. But, um, yeah, that's career trajectory is interesting because it sometimes talent doesn't seem to be a factor and I don't mean that. Um, just because we're talking about Amy Adams, I don't mean that in her direction. Yeah. No, I, just, I mean she's I fine. Think, she's great. Yeah. Um. Uh, well, not according to my most. Yeah. Well, it's it's like rap music. Overrated or skills? Skill doesn't sell. Yeah. But needless to say, I, mm-hmm. or not needless to say, uh, going back to what I said, uh, she was great in this movie. She yeah. was one of the shining. Uh, and also, uh, what's his name? Um, ben Mendelsohn in this. Uh, I don't remember him in this. Wow. Uh, yeah, he his uh, he was. 
99 percent sure he was in this i mean i believe you i'm i i just i don't remember um, he was yeah he was because the yeah. sun went to him after yeah 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 it's a good flick it's a good flick mm-hmm. a little depressing but uh, yeah it's um it's not what the trailer sold it as either no absolutely not yeah absolutely i think that i remember the this, first time i saw it i was a little disappointed but um, there's there are some surprises in this mm-hmm. movie and uh, kind of goes with the theme that we're going with tonight as far as these kind of movies a little bit a little bit yeah yep yep uh for me um from two or 1997 mm-hmm. uh starring Jodie foster and matthew mcconaughey uh contact uh story of listening for sounds mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, really good. Really, I really love this movie, um, and I will watch it. For me, it seems like a boring movie. Like you look at it, like if I analyze it from the outside, but I start watching it, I get hooked every time. I really like this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, I mean, it goes. It's what's it's that? kind of a long movie, but it, yeah, it just goes back. I mean, pacing, performance. Yeah, the execution of the idea—that's all. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a better version of Contact, really. Wait, what? <laughs> or not uh, of how uh, 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 Interstellar? Uh, uh, it does not have a Hans Zimmer score, so I don't yeah, know I know. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it's uh, it's The Simpsons compared to South Park. Simpsons did it first. Oh you know? yeah, I mean, Interstellar kind of. Shoots itself in the foot. Um, Same, a lot of the same concepts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, contact, contact is a, uh, it's a um, intellectual film. It's it's a, it's it'll it'll make you think. It's not not for intellectuals. It's it's a th- it's a movie that makes you think. It makes you analyze your life and your beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, so. But also streaming on Amazon right now. If you haven't seen Moonlight, it is now streaming on Amazon. So another Oscar, or an Oscar winner from this year. Yeah. Um, Moonlight is streaming on Amazon. So if you guys haven't seen it and want to see it and it's streaming, or if you wanted to, and listen, if you're listening to a movie podcast and you don't have Amazon Prime, what are you doing? Get it. Yeah. Unless you have some other sweet means like fredo flicks or something yeah yeah also if you order like four mm, four is a pretty low estimate if you order like one thing a month from amazon prime or from amazon you might as well just get amazon prime because you're getting free shipping and a ton of movies and music and yeah it's really trying to be competitive in both those fields now you get streaming music streaming movies movies and free shipping yeah like and it's only ten bucks a month. I think it's less than. Or maybe, it breaks down somewhere. It. Yeah, right it's, I mean, let's. It's eight to ten a month, somewhere in there. Right. I mean, why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So on to our sponsor. Yeah. Hey, have you ever wanted to ship something or wanted to get something fast? FedEx. <laughs> Damn it. Amazon uh, Prime. Well, yeah. Mm. Anyways. Um, just to break it down one more time, a man called Ave 
is on Amazon Prime. Christine is on Netflix. Uh, we're going to be re reviewing those next week. The Place Beyond the Pines is on Netflix. Contact and Moonlight are both on Amazon Prime, and we recommend all three of those movies. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Uh, Fredo. No, I'm sorry. Neil emailed us. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm going to show you something right now. Okay. Okay. I'll hold my phone up. And I wonder if you can, you probably, eh, can you see? Um, no, you can't see. I have 196 unread emails in my email box. I have so, three. <laughs> damn it. So I'm not in demand. Okay. No, I'm just lazy. Oh, yeah, he did. Yes, he did. Uh, he let us know that T2, train spotting, um, was, well, Aww. he said a disappointment would be an understatement. Um, and he also enjoyed Four Lions, uh, giving it an 8.5 out of 10. Four Lions was a movie you assigned to me a little while back. Um, yeah. Definitely takes a certain type of uh, certain sense of humor, certain sensibilities to enjoy it. Um, yeah. But I'm glad he enjoyed it. I know you and I both did. And then uh, back. Oh, there's some like preloaded uh, responses. That's hilarious. Um, that we can send back to him. We're not even going to have to do anything anymore anytime soon. All right. So uh, he had five unconventional, his top five unconventional characters. Herbie from uh, Disney's uh, 68, The Love Bug. Wilson, of course, from 2000's Castaway. Uh, the board game Jumanji from 1995's Jumanji. The USS Enterprise from all the Star Trek movies. And the One Ring from Lord of the Rings to rule them all. Nice. Nice. So thank you, Neil. We appreciate thank it. Thank you. And Orange. I'm sending you a preloaded pre uh, response that says, thanks for the feedback, just by pressing a button. <laughs> and I'm telling you about it just so that you're in on the joke. <laughs> gotcha. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and kind of scary that it's the... Um, the header of the email was feedback and you get to the bottom like press this button to say thanks for the feedback <laughs> okay thanks. done and done thanks truepeoplesearch.com slash google all right um before we get into this it might be time for a little break yeah, yeah, yeah. in the action listen you guys take a break mm -hmm. go watch uh, don't go watch Contact. That's a little long. Eh, maybe Moonlight. Yeah, I think Moonlight's the shortest on the on the recommended yeah. streamers this week. Go watch that and then come back. We'll we'll get we'll into here. our top. We'll be here. Yes. All right, everybody. Uh, we're back and we're ready to hear what you thought of Moonlight. Please reach out to us. You can uh, hit us up on Twitter at BruinViewPod. Uh, you can email us if you have a lot to say. Uh, uh, at maybe you want to say we're the only men that made you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's probably true, I assume. Uh, thanks and you're welcome. 
And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, brewingviewpod at gmail.com uh, if you have a lot to say, like Neil and Fredo often do. And we are often, not often, always grateful for uh, their feedback. And um, if you want to be maybe uh, featured on the show as far as uh, what you're drinking, follow us on Untapped, Brewingview Pod. Tell me, what in the hell are you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> Is that a Rap God reference? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and if you uh, want to uh, hear more of us every single week, uh, Mr. Brad, Span the Void, SpanTheVoid.com. Yeah. Every single week, me, Matt and Andrewverse Society, on TheSauceLounge.com, along with... This show, you can find us on iTunes. That's what we prefer. Uh, rate, comment, subscribe, of course. But our complete archives, they're at thesaucelounge.com. So there you go. Yeah, check it out. See what's happening. Yeah, moderately succinct. And uh, let's fire back into some movies if you uh, have no objections. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this week uh, we're doing top five... Eh, we're going. What do you think? White trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, eh, yeah, white trash. Not, I mean, a little derogatory, but not. Yeah, well, yeah, it is derogatory. Yeah, but there's good and there's bad. There's mm-hmm. good aspects and bad aspects because we got. Um, I'd say from. From. Uh, it, it was based mainly on the movies we watched this week. With American Honey, we had a lot of white trash kids running around, and with uh, and with Winter's Bone, we had a whole movie filled with white trash. So, <laughs> um, uh, but what I what I was looking for, I tried to try to run the gamut of good, bad, ugly, all that stuff. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but, I think I've got the I've got a pretty cover, pretty similar. Similar gamut. <laughs> right. The gamut. Um, so my first, uh, for my number five, and it is, this is only a single entry, mm-hmm. uh, but I will have many double entries. <laughs> oh, hell uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you're not going to know this character other than uh, from the movie I'm going to reference. Uh, he was in a couple other ones, and he was in a movie called Dust of Dawn 2. He was mm. in The Devil's Rejects. He was in Halloween 2. Mm. He was in Rush Hour. Uh, but he was even in Workaholics. But I don't think you're going to recognize his name. His name is Dwayne Whitaker. <laughs> but yeah. in the movie, he goes by two different names that I'm referencing. And his name is Maynard. And he also re- references himself as the spider who caught two flies. In the movie Pulp Fiction, mm. the pawn shop owner who <sighs> wrangles in, by chance, Marcellus Wallace and Bruce Willis's character. I can't remember his name. Sorry about that. Zed's dead. Uh, yes. Well, <laughs> Zed's his buddy. Yeah. And, and that's and, his, his line. Well, yes. he has several, but. Butch Coolidge. Sure. Is Bruce Willis's character, and he he is the keeper of the gimp. Mm-hmm. He 
has the pawn shop that has the gimp in the basement. Hmm. Uh, Maynard is the, uh, I'd say the Orange County, um, or the Valley definition of white trash. When we're looking at uh, the West Coast, uh, this is, you know, kind of segmented, you know, trying to determine, or not determine, but trying to uh, segment them, these characters. This is... uh, the 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 ne'er do well the always looking for and a lot of my characters my white trash characters are looking for an easy ride uh, uh, let if something falls into their lap they're going to take advantage of it mm. uh, and this guy tries to do that uh, but it doesn't work out so well for him no. and uh, but Maynard yes he is on my white trash list at number five good pick. Um, I agree. Uh, that's a good poll. I need to think about Maynard. Um, more on Maynard later. Uh, so for my number five, um, this movie was, uh, something we featured it recently, um, in one of our reviews really stuck with me. Uh, this character specifically, I think I'm hoping as time goes by that this movie continues to stick with me um, and that would maybe bump him up on my list. Uh, But Ray Marcus is a character portrayed by Aaron Taylor Johnson. Oh, yeah. In last year's Nocturnal Animals. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, yeah, he pulls, he's the epitome of it. He is white trash, piece of shit. Um, he, his behavior made my blood boil at, at certain scenes. Um, and that's, that's him as an actor doing a job, doing a job. Inciting an emotion. Yeah. You know, getting, you know, even if it's a movie, you're just, oh, you. Yeah. Yeah. Just like every time he was on screen, I was equally, um, invested and uh agitated um it's uh i loved this movie i really it's something i continue to think about um in even though we haven't we really didn't watch it that long ago um it's been less than two months because i watched it here um in this apartment and um, in the way that we just, um, you and I obviously watch a lot of movies in the way that we just culturally consume media anyways mm-hmm. for, um, something like that to, um, constantly be, uh, kind of in the back of my mind is, is a pretty good sign. Like I arrival love that movie. I haven't thought much about it since. Right. Um, yeah. So that's a good pull because yeah. And you're right. Cause like there's so many aspects of that movie that uh they were off-putting parts mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. but like memorable yeah and just it, it that character in particular yeah where i didn't even realize it was him no like I, I didn't even recognize it till i was like we were doing the podcast and i was like oh my god that's him i don't and think I he's like, even really he's really had the opportunity to to play a character like this before i mean his last big 
uh, project was Godzilla, which could have been anybody. And then yeah. um, Kick-Ass being his big breakout. Um, but he was practically um, like he, he was a child compared to now. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's uh, he's going to be the next big actor, I think. I hope so, because I mean, he's shown that he uh, has has some serious uh, potential. And, yeah, but like when set. you're when you're talking about white trash, like Ugh. entitled bullying, um, mm-hmm. not not some I don't know, some of you're, that, but like you're the just, highest. He's the highest on a food chain. Yes, but it's. It's a fast food chain. Like it's a yeah. it's a shitty food chain. <laughs> that's yeah. a great that's a great way to put it. Really good. Yeah. Mm. Uh Ray Marcus, Nocturnal yep. Animals, two thousand sixteen. Right. Not well, streaming gotta, right now, unfortunately. Uh, go. Sorry? Not streaming right now. No. Unfortunately. Yeah, it, if you guys get a chance to watch that, it's it's a worthwhile watch. It really is. It makes it makes you think. Um Yeah, because Makes you think because you put yourself in Jake Gyllenhaal's shoes, oh, yeah. and you're the that's your the character you want to <clears throat> you're being and like how do you react to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's it makes you think. Uh, for me, I'm going to go on the lighter side, All right. and uh, going over to the ladies right now. I'm going to I got a tie for number four. Ladies. Um, for my for the. My 4A, not 4A, but my 4A. <laughs> my 4A uh, into white trash. <laughs> yes, my 4A into white trash. Um, one of my favorite names in all of of movies, uh, not just the actor's name. Mm-hmm. I don't even even know if I'm going to say it right. Feruza Balk. Oh yeah, I, As, I understand Vic- that to be correct. <laughs> as Vicky Valancourt in The Waterboy, where you have a, excuse me, where you have a plethora of not so much white trash, but just um, maybe backwoods or rural folk. Mm-hmm. But of those folk, she is the white trash of it. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't take advantage of uh, Bobby Boucher, uh, but she, she's the love interest, and she tries to make him be a good guy. But ever, even in a in a, in a town in a in a in a community where uh, everyone maybe is a little backwards, she is the black sheep of that, and mm-hmm. she, she's my favorite. Um, and for my other one, it's uh it's Brandy. Uh, from Joe Dirt, <laughs> just because she's smoking hot <laughs> and lovable and just a, okay. like a pure heart. Mm, um, fair enough. And uh, let me get her name. It's a shame. She was a good actor, actress, and she's only really known for Joe Dirt and Joe Dirt too. It's uh, Brittany Daniel. Brittany Daniel. Mm-hmm. Daniels or just Daniel? Uh, Daniel. Hmm. 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 I can't even find her on IMDb. How about that? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she was uh, Joe Dirt's uh, long lost love. And, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but 
Maybe they get back together. Maybe they don't. Uh, but yeah, those are my two uh, my white my white trash ladies who mm-hmm. you know what they got a big heart. They see they see the hero. Brittany Daniel uh, from Gainesville, Florida. There you go. Hmm. Hmm. Fair enough. All right. Uh, so I gotta take my number four. Um, do a little throw it back a little bit. Uh. To a little show called Mr. Show with Bob and David. It aired uh, in, uh, it began airing in 1995 uh, and ran through 98. It's the weird bastard child of HBO. For some reason, they um, will promote the hell out of anything else that is ran on that network, but they um, have kind of bastardized this show. And I mentioned Maynard before. Uh, there was a sketch in the first or second season of the show um, about uh, a TV show called Fuzz, which was a cops. They're making fun of cops. And uh, this uh, character, Ronnie Dobbs, really caught their, uh, their eye, getting arrested all over the United States and uh, inspiring a bunch of people. Maynard James Keenan himself appeared on uh-huh. the show uh, as the leader of a band named Pucifer, uh, <laughs> which did not yet technically exist as far as BMI or ASCAP are concerned. Um, <laughs> but then in 2002, um, for whatever reason, David Cross and Bob Odenkirk um, to my delight, and probably not a ton of other people's, um, for whatever reason, they, they decided to make Run, Ronnie, Run, uh, the story of Ronnie Dobbs um, and his ability to get arrested on network television. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's uh, crude. It's stupid. Um, and it has... It has some sort of level of what I, I think I read Adam McKay, the uh, director of movies like uh, Talladega Nights and uh, Step Brothers, um, smart, stupid. There's something smart to how stupid the things that David Cross and Bob Odenkirk do when they get together. Um, but <laughs> Ronnie Dobbs is the epitome of white trash. His claim to fame is getting arrested on network television over and over again <laughs> and being uh, somewhat exploited by David Cross's uh, or David Cross. Uh, David Cross plays Ronnie um, by Bob Odenkirk's British filmmaker, Terry. Have you ever seen this uh, movie here? I have not. I have not. <laughs> I I may have is is well, it's uh, not streaming anywhere. MJK in it? Oh, you know what? It is. Uh, it's on YouTube. Okay. Um, I don't think he's in the movie, but he's in. I could definitely find the original sketch for you. Okay. I know he's in that. And he has a amazing, uh, just one liner, and I don't want to spoil it. But I'll track that down and I'll send that to you. Um, nice. But I don't believe he's in the movie. 
Well, just based on the poster, it, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, all right. Well, for my number three, it's one actor, but many, 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 many roles. Um, whether it's um, his name is JD and Thelma and Louise, mm. or it's Early Grace uh, from a movie I made you watch, California. Or it's uh, maybe Mickey from Snatch. But my favorite white trash man, uh, as Brad Pitt has has done many of them, is Lieutenant Aldo Reigns hmm. from uh, Inglorious Bastards. And his uh, his uh, his his approach to uh, guerrilla warfare mm-hmm. resembles uh, smuggling uh, moonshine through the Tennessee woods, and how he how he infiltrates this this great world power by just kind of beating the hell out of everybody he runs across. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, and Glorious Bastards is. Mm, it's probably probably my favorite Tarantino movie. Um, I'm, yeah, I, it's it's that, the it's it's the best big budget Tarantino movie. Yeah, definitely. I would say that it's it is. Um, you know, because Reservoir Dogs is amazing. Yeah, Pulp Fiction is is fantastic. But like when you get a budget, you know, 150 million or whatever he had for that yeah i mean um, it's a it's something he's failed to like i i don't um think Django or hateful eight like he's failed to achieve what he did with this yeah movie, so. and it's not to say that those movies aren't great eh, but i mean yeah, i mean you can say that <laughs> they're really enjoyable for me anyways i like i like them yeah i liked them but i mean they're yeah you they're not um they don't get mentioned in the same breath as this. And Glor- exactly. Uh, like, Pulp and that's why and glorious Bass are my favorite. Yeah. Cause it's, it's just fun, funny, informative and irreverent mm-hmm. and all the things that, uh, 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 Tarantino can do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a really impressive, um, because it's like a pulp movie turned uh, mainstream blockbuster. Yeah. And I don't think that anyone else could pull that off the way Tarantino does. Right. And, you know, and having... And you didn't need to have Brad Pitt in this movie mm-hmm. one bit. You didn't need it because you had so many great actors and actions and, like, scenes and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And he's not really involved in any of that, but, like, he is, like the overacting or the overarching character. He's the reason why the movie, you know, he's the, his character is the reason the movie works. And every yeah. time he's on stage, he's over at, or every time he's on, 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 uh, on the screen, he's overacting, he's acting poorly <laughs> and he's, you know, playing that drawl. Yeah. Terribly, but <laughs> it still works and it's you believe enjoyable. in him. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Out of rain. Third most. 
Nice. Aldo the uh, the Apache. Yeah. Uh, but Mickey from uh, Snatch, mm-hmm. close second. Mickey's a good one. He's a gypsy. Yeah. All right. But I've talked about Snatch way yeah. too much. Yeah, Brad, get your mind out of the gutter. This is a movie mm. podcast. Uh, all right. So um, from uh, 2007, I got a guy who um, he spends a lot of his time playing white trash characters. Uh, he he does a great job at it. Um, I'm interested to see if he's doing anything else in this uh, Alien Covenant movie. I've been hearing so little about. Um, bad sign. Uh, Danny McBride in Hot Rod plays character Rico, who builds stunt ramps and uh, is known for kind of just uh, outside of building ramps, um, lighting off fireworks, uh, not wearing sleeves. and um, Shocking. He did the same thing in uh, <laughs> Tropic Thunder. Yeah, he uh, he definitely is. He has a skill set. He likes to work yeah. it, um, but he he is kind of the um, he's like the scumbag adult in this group of like Arrested Development, like grown men that are just adolescents, and he's kind of like the scumbag that hangs out with them who. Should probably be doing some. I mean, they they should all be doing other stuff, but they yeah. they behave like children. He, he he's he's too old. Or yeah, yeah. They'll eventually think, move on. He'll be doing the same thing yeah. with the same kids fifteen I, years from now. Yeah, I think he knows better. They're gonna learn, but he he already knows better, and he's still showing up and doing the same stuff. And when, when they wreck a guy's trailer, he ends up beating that guy up after destroying his property. I mean, there's just, he has some really, um, really good scene stealing moments in this movie. Um, it's, it's not for everybody, but it's definitely for me. Um, definitely. uh, I enjoyed the sense of humor of this movie and (laughs) Rico, uh, take him away. You lose, a good chunk of the laughs in this movie. So I got you. I got you. I just, <laughs> you have a lot of love for this movie. I yeah, just... <laughs> I do. Um, well, I mean, there's, there's factors. Uh, I mean, I remember watching this in, in our often mentioned, uh, horrible apartment on, uh, Racine Avenue in Chicago. Yeah. Um, a lot of late nights of booze and Chinese food. And yeah, this kind of is in that same, uh, rotation as McGruber. So, yep. I get it. I get it. You have those, mm-hmm. those old standbys, mm-hmm. the ones you go back to all the time. Yeah. I get yeah. it. Um, I think this is the oldest movie on my list. Uh, for my number two, and it's a it's a tie again, uh, but they're brothers, so that's okay. Uh, from <laughs> 1987, wow, I thought it was older than that. Um, Raising Arizona. Oh, there you go. But we're not going to talk about High and Ed. Oh. Nope. Oh. We're going to talk about the Snotes, the brothers Snotes. 
Gail and Evel. And uh, opportunistic and ne'er-do-well and looking for that quick cash grab but have no discernible skills. Uh, I think a pretty good example of a comedic, um, the comedic uh, white trash. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I, I, Raising Arizona doesn't come up enough, I don't think. Because when we think of the Coen brothers, yeah. you know, we're thinking of, um, you know, No Country for Old Men. We're thinking of... Uh, well, the go-to comedy would be down. Lebowski, I would say. Lebowski, yes, obviously. It would be easy to... Eh, I don't think um, any of those characters would fit into the white trash, probably. Uh, but they tap into something with um, subsets of America mm-hmm. and people that you know and, like, you can imagine. And, like... Uh, and this is... Was this their first movie? Probably not. No. No, 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 no. Not their first movie. Um, but they, I don't know, they do a great job of finding characters to play characters mm-hmm. of, like, you know, the people in your life that you know. And, um, and these two brothers, you know the way they interact with each other and the way they try to uh, pull one over on uh, their dim-witted friend high, it, uh, it's pretty good. And um, I'm a big fan of this movie, and I haven't seen it in so damn long. I need to watch this again. I wonder if it's streaming. I should probably check it out. Uh, but, yeah, these guys, love them. Yeah, I have not seen this movie in a while either, but it is a good one. Yeah. Um, and obviously John Goodman, anytime we get John Goodman on mm-hmm. a list, I'm yeah. happy. Get him on a list, get him in a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. There you go. Nice. Uh, nice. And it is streaming on, it's, it's on Cinemax right now. So oh, okay. you got Amazon and Cinemax at the same time. You could stream it that way. Boom. Sick. I don't. I have Amazon, as we discussed, but not Cinemax. Sorry, my dog's chewing a big old bone right now. <laughs> That's what that is. That's uh, all right. We'll edit it out in post. Just kidding. Yeah. All right. Uh, number two on my list, um, a movie that I've spent a lot of time gushing over already This uh, while we've been doing this podcast. Um but look, it's not going to stop uh, because in uh, 2016's Hell or High Water, oh, uh, yeah. Ben Foster tapped into a whole nother level mm. to play Tanner Howard, the um, ex-con brother who uh, is helping out Toby, uh, Chris Pine's Toby, um, who has a more honorable... Uh, reason for for doing wrong. Um, he gives him the excuse. Mm-hmm. He gives him the excuse to cause trouble, and you see mm-hmm. that time and again with um, his reckless behavior. Him him ripping off the bank while uh, Toby's in the diner. Um, 
and he just he even makes uh he never planned to get away with any of this stuff which is nope. um he he is just that crazy um southern rebel i guess i don't he uh well you all like i think we all know someone in our lives that has that reckless streak in yeah them, you know that like you know, like it's they're fun to party with, but they're mm. not fun to hang out with one on one because, like, you know, it might turn ugly. Yeah, and he he's entirely self destructive, and he has uh, he has no intention of getting away with with uh, with these heists, and he um, I mean he he definitely has he has admirable qualities too. But he is, um, well, he's, a, you know what, he's, like, a, he's a bad dude with, uh, maybe his heart in the right place. Yeah. Like, but like a lot of, a lot of people like have, uh, they put good intentions mm-hmm. on, on, on bad actions, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And you can, and you can see. You know, they they'll excuse their bad actions by saying, "Well, I love my family." Yeah. Well, Very you know true. what? You're going to be in jail for a while. Most of us love our families, but we, yeah. you know, we didn't take a sniper rifle up to a mountain. And... Yeah. God, that was one of the most heart wrenching. Yeah. Scenes. Yeah, I've seen and that's in a while. A, and that's the thing too with like um, as great of a character as he is, and. Um, you know, you talk about ma- making those justifications. You still see him just uh, without yep. mercy um, at a couple points. So, and, it, and yeah. his Ben Foster's performance is—I thought he was great in the program too. Um, I don't really that uh, that juxtaposed against me. this is oh, like yeah. crazy. Yeah. Right. It's 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 amazing to watch that transformation. Yeah, because he he's not. Um, a huge name by uh I would say any stretch and right. he uh he was good in that movie but he just completely um I I mean I I can't say steals the show cuz Chris Pine was fantastic. Oh Jeff yeah, Bridges and that's the thing. It, I was just it was just I was just thinking of how to express this without yeah. but like you have so many big personalities and mm-hmm. great performances in this movie yeah and no one steals from each other yeah you know what i mean um you know the way uh jeff daniels just crushes his role mm-hmm. it doesn't take anything away from um ben foster's role you know and maybe it's because they aren't on on yeah on the uh it's on the screen at the same time no right but you can feel I think a discerning eye could feel a um, maybe a drop in energy or a lack in uh, performance or something like that. You know, when you go from a uh, really charismatic actor giving an incredible performance, and then you I th- you kind of see it in Boyhood, where you have like Ethan Hawke and uh, Patricia Arquette aside these kids who <laughs> suck at yeah. acting. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you can, uh, you can kind of pick up on stuff like that. Um, 
and may, maybe it's a little more uh, easy to hide if they don't have to go toe to toe. But yeah, ever, I I think everyone um, performs at an elevated level in this. So yeah, yep. It's um, you know we get Chris Pine away from the uh, Star Wars thing, and we can see that he can actually act. Yeah, yeah. No uh, franchise. Um, that's the thing is he's he's kind of just been that like pretty franchise guy. Yep. Fun to look um, at, but yeah. no, he 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 brings it too. But all right, well, I'm going to my number one, which is not a lot of fun, mm-hmm. uh, but is despicable. And all the bad parts of being white trash. I've had a lot of fun with all the good parts of being white trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the bad parts. His name's Doyle Hargraves uh, from the 1996 movie Sling Blade. Mm. Now, when we found out that Dwight Yoakam can not only sing, but he can act. And he can act pretty pretty damn well as the uh, uh, the stepfather or the the live-in father that uh, that uh, that uh, Mr. Carl takes umbrage with. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, he he is such a sleazeball. He is he every at every every chance he gets he he takes uh takes the opportunity whether it's his or not and and steps over people and treats people badly and just um you know, it, it kind, you know, <clears throat> maybe the father to or <clears throat> the predecessor to, um, uh, what's his name's uh, character in uh, in uh, Nocturnal Animals. Mm. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yes, like his 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 father or distant relative. Mm-hmm. Just a no good. No good piece of white trash. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like effective and just despicable and like effective in that role. Really good. Mm-hmm. Like you really hated this character. <laughs> yeah. And without, without being over the top, you know what I mean? Not like it, this movie was so subtle. I, I really love this movie a lot. Yeah. It's a and really, I, think a lot of I did not, I'm looking at it right now and I did not know that, Billy Bob Thornton, I know he stars in it, but I did not know that he wrote um, both a stage play and the screenplay and directed it. Yeah, so. uh, this is this is why Billy Bob Thornton has a name. Yeah, because of this I, movie and I, like smart, talented man and eccentric to be sure because mm-hmm. he has all kinds of foibles. Mm-hmm. But like he's a musician, he's got all these, but he is talented. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why we know his name. Yeah, and uh, and Dwight Yoakam. It's it's amazing they cast him in this role, and he he did it so effectively. And like all the characters in this, I mean, we get John Ritter in one of his last roles. Uh, J.T. Walsh, uh, not too long before he dies as well. Um, just just a bunch of uh, uh, Lucas Black. Uh, before I mean, he was supposed to be a big star, but he was really good in this as the kid. Um, oh, Robert Duvall's in this as well. Yeah, so it's it's um, 
Yeah. Uh, just a great flick. Love it. <laughs> love it and love that character. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the that's the dark side of the dirty the white trash. Yeah, definitely. Um, it looks like you can rent it on uh, Amazon Prime for a dollar ninety nine, which uh, it's a pretty good investment. I'd yeah, say. I mean, it, if you haven't seen it before, um, I'm kind of surprised this is the first time it came up. Um, um yeah. Guess what we did like mentally handicap handicap people? Yeah. I mean I uh Yeah, I don't know why it it would have come up, but um You know, know. what be would be a good one now that you said that is um uh director stars. Yeah. The like best um, movies that were directed and starred in at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that that would definitely be an interesting list. There, uh, a spoil of riches to choose from, for sure, for that list. All right, so uh, my number one, if I say the name Eric Von Detten, it probably means little to nothing to anyone. And uh, I would say that that is uh, right on the money because he is an actor who was kind of in the Disney machine. Um, he uh, has, as far as um, <clears throat> being like in Disney Channel original movies, um, looks like he's done some... Uh, just random TV series here and there. I know um, what he's known for, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He plays... He voices the white trash neighbor next door in 1995's Toy Story. He plays Sid. Mm-hmm. And Sid is a uh, future sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> Has all the... Yeah. All, all, the, all the earmarks yes. of being a... Serial killer. Mm-hmm. He's tortures going, an, tortures animals. He's going down a good route, to be sure. Um, and he is—he's uh, a great villain. Um, you don't spend a lot of time with him, but the uh, toys that you meet in his room are uh, kind of the. Um, they are the uh, warped fantasies of a scumbag kid who likes to blow things up and feed them to his dog. That or the next Elon Musk. Yeah. Because he's making all kinds of innovations. Definitely. He's trying, yeah. Maybe he's just misunderstood. Maybe. We don't know. Probably. I, I, that erector set with the baby head on it definitely yes. had potential to move us away from fossil fuels. So. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Powered by babies. Yes. There you go. Um, yeah, he he uh, gets his comeuppance, of course, at the end. Um, but he is just... I, I never... Um, I think I've talked about this before on my other podcasts. Like, for the longest time, I didn't know that people didn't get along with their neighbors. Like, because I grew up... <laughs> like, 
my our neighbors to the left and right of us were awesome people and like our friends with they had kids around our age we were friends with them and i just didn't know so hmm. so uh i can't say like we all knew a kid like sid growing up uh or we all lived next to one but i think we probably all knew one and uh his dad probably went out for cigarettes or something and never came back i don't know um but yeah he uh stuck out to me i think he was the first character i thought of yeah well like um, in you know his shirt like had that what skull crossbones yeah it, it kind of looked like the um the uh smashing pumpkin zero shirt yeah but um well i imagine like for me like like the the character like the white trash character would have mm-hmm. always have like an iron maiden shirt on <laughs> you know or something you know yeah. you have something you know to that effect it wouldn't be metallica because metallica was a little too soft mm-hmm. yeah be iron maiden for sure <laughs> no doubt no doubt in my mind yeah he is a white trash kid mutilating his toys and causing all sorts of trouble I feel like it, it. There's like a certain age if you had access to fireworks the way he did. Yeah, it, of course we something... all wanted fireworks. Um, yeah. But depending on what age you got, like regular access to them, you might yeah. have white trash. <laughs> well, that's that's a funny thing because, um, <laughs> and I may have been that when I grew up because my uh, when. We started playing with fireworks at a pretty mm-hmm. early age, and my uh, my brother ended up blowing his hand up, mm. <laughs> not blowing it off, but like having pretty significant damage to his hand because he wasn't playing with them correctly. Yeah, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm just watching Wally try and figure out what he wants to do on those stairs. Yeah, he's he's uh, he wants to go up. Uh, he says, "I'm done with this podcast. I think we're done." Yeah, yeah, I think we're done too. So, uh, is any any final thoughts? Hell no, man. I don't listen to that crap. I'm a rocker, dude, through and through. Here's my favorite bands: ACDC, Van Halen, not Van Hagar, Skinner, and Def Lap. <laughs> Take